welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Cooperative Bank Podcast. My name is Ali Ma'adirumi. In today's podcast, we'll be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and the intersections within it. So the BLM movement, as I'll call it going forward, is an activist movement which started in 2016 and it advocates against incidents of police brutality and general discrimination against black people and people of colour. So joining me today, I have a group of colleagues, all women, coincidentally, hmm. um, and we'll be discussing our personal experiences and thoughts on the movement. We're all from the Banks Inclusion Networks, Elevate and Reach. So the networks focus on tackling gender diversity and ethnic diversity, respectively. So I'll go around the metaphorical table. My name's Lorna Wright. I'm an e-crime specialist at the bank and the co-op for some 33 years now. Great, very long time, very loyal. (laughs) (laughs) Loyal, loyal. Hi, yeah, so my name's Zeneb. I work for the cybersecurity team um, specialising in cryptography. I've been at the bank for about four years. Hi, I am Janine Davis. I work in the digital team as a journey executive uh, and also I am part of the Elevate Committee. I've worked for the bank for about 13 years now. I'm really glad to have you guys on the on on this session and I'm really happy that it's an all-women conversation today because I really wanted everyone to have a good honest chat about our experiences so far so I've been with the bank for one year I've only worked for about five years in total and so I'm still relatively young in my career and I just wanted to start the conversation off with what what's it been like being a woman being a person of colour and working in the corporate environment um can you just tell us roughly what your experience has been so far for me when I first started working the co-op was actually my second job but it was people of colour it was rare to see you know somebody like yourself so I have to say the landscape was very white I'll say you know it was mainly men and people like myself were probably only in secretarial I mean I did start in a secretarial role so if you did see somebody else you know um, they were either a secretary or just a typist. Um, so you didn't really see anyone in senior roles or anything like that. My experience generally, people are kind of like, they accept you, but I think some people do kind of treat you a bit differently. And do you think, if I mean, if you cast your mind back to at the beginning when it was predominantly male and white, which I think mm. most banks are, yeah. and you think about it today where we have more women in leadership roles, do you think yeah. that's had a positive impact on your experiences as an everyday colleague? I think in recent times it has, but, you know, if we go right back to probably even 10 years ago, um, you didn't kind of have that, you know, progression for, for women. I can remember going yeah. to a conference probably only about six or seven years ago and it was still you know mainly men it wasn't a banking one it was an IT one so I think you know it's yeah. it's the type of roles that women actually do yeah and I think that's interesting so Zainab you're very much in the IT world aren't you and that's predominantly male what's your experience yeah. been like this was actually my second job my first job where I used to work it was a lot smaller and there were a lot more people of colour uh, when I came into the court bank and I think I was second female in my area, I used to work in a risk role and then I applied for a job in crypto. Um, and I just felt like I can't really aspire to be something that I can't see. 
if that makes sense. Ooh, yeah, really no, that's not really, really and, yeah. And really I've never really seen like somebody of color above me who's female that I can that I can sort of follow their footsteps. Yeah, mm. it's kind of like you need that role model or someone to aspire to. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. But I think the bank as well as just organisations in general, they're very hot on diversity now and very, I mean, we have committees that look at it and, you know, there's reporting to look at female diversity, yeah. gender diversity, sorry, as well as racial diversity. So I think there's been a lot of positive movement, but it's a really yeah. good point that you, we do need to see more women in higher positions so that we can aspire for them and more mm. importantly, women of colour. Mm. Um, and that's a really good point. So Janine, in your role in the digital world, what's your expand your I don't know over a decade experience at the bank? What's your experience been like being a woman and a mother? Most um, <laughs> more interestingly. Um, so this is so I've had two main uh, places that I've worked for throughout my career, and to be honest, I haven't experienced issues in being discriminated against. Uh, because I'm a woman, but I also feel um, it's due to the places that you choose to work in as well. Yes. Uh, so like you say, Co-op Bank is really hot on all these diversity, there's inclusion networks to support people. And I think it does depend on where you work as as how far you can go uh, within yeah, that. Yeah. So personally, I've not experienced it, but what I did notice throughout the roles that I've had and as I have uh, progressed into new roles, it's, it's, it's always been a woman driving me forward. So it, it's, it's, it's a woman who'll go, you can do this, you know, instead of, uh, oh. I haven't noticed that with men. So that's something that yeah. I personally felt it is, there is women supporting women and driving them forward. Whereas mm previously pre predominantly it's been uh, a male in these in these types of roles but and I appreciate as well it's women before before us who have who have progressed it so much so that we are in a position yeah. that we're mm -hmm. not uh, experiencing these issues no and I think that's a really good point that you've made in regards to the environment and the culture in which you work always when you go for interviews or when you're looking for employment always just be mindful of the culture that you want to be in because that can really make make or break your career and I think I've been really fortunate that I've not felt any gender discrimination because I'm a woman um but I think that's down to the kind of environments I've been in luckily enough and also the kind of leaderships and management that I've had then thank you so much for all for being very honest and open about your experiences I'd like to move on to talking about stereotypes and identifications I am a black woman we've got Lorna who's also black and we've got Zainab who's of Pakistani ethnic background and we've also got Janine who's mixed but interestingly enough Janine presents as only white so you can meet me and you can think oh she's just a black girl but I'm a Muslim and I don't wear the hijab so I've, I wanted to have a conversation about stereotyping people and what we expect people to be like can I just ask you to briefly tell us about your background, Janine? So my granddad's family are from Sierra Leone. And you're right, to look at me, a lot of people confuse me as, as, as a white person because I present as that. Yeah. I always feel like I'm a mix, uh, mixed race imp imposter, I call myself. <laughs> uh, because because no. when you're talking to a black person, they may they may not know, know your background. Like we've had a conversation, haven't we, Elima? And, yeah. and you don't know your background until you have that conversation which is obviously why we're doing these podcasts and making sure people start to talk about these things 
I've been in a position where I've had uh, negativity, name calling, etc. in my younger years, especially before I had straightness. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then also because people think I'm white as well, I've had people being negative to others, assuming I'm a white and I'll be on board with that. So uh, it puts you in a strange position, really. Whereas you don't know yeah. whether to call them out on it. Because if it was a friend or a close family member, I'd certainly call them out on it. But when it's somebody you don't know and they, they think you're white and, you know, I think I think for me, I, I just feel like we need to uh, call people out more on these things. It's, you know, what I've learned from everything that's going on at the moment. I, I just assumed, ignorant of me, I just assumed <laughs> Janine was only Caucasian. So it was only when you're talking to people that you start realising that, oh, okay, you're, you're mixed or you've got this background or you're from this part of the world. And and I think it's really positive because as we go forward, I mean, having interracial relationships is not a taboo like it was a few decades ago. And we're going to have people that are really just mixed background and mixed ethnicity from all around the world. And the more we openly talk about race and the more that we're willing to have these conversations in a non-confrontational and open way the more we can learn from each other and that's really really good in my opinion so Zainab um can you tell us a bit about your background and what it's like being a British Pakistani I think there's always an issue with people perceiving you to be something you're really not and I do get comments like oh you're an ambassador for your people and it, it shouldn't be like that. They should sort of, I, I don't mind people asking me questions to learn a bit more about me. Um, but I feel like there needs to be a more open conversation because people are scared to ask them questions in the first place. Mm. Uh, so when they do meet me and yeah. I'm, you know, I go to the gym, I lift weights, I wear a hijab, I'm really into football. I'm a massive United fan and people are really shocked. Why did you not think they're just, they're just, they're just, they're just sort of like, yeah, I always get people that are sort of like, oh, I didn't know, you, are you allowed to do that? And I'm just sort of oh, like, well, you, you need to ask me these questions and I can give you a good response. Yeah. Because we spoke about this in part one of the of our podcast session where Lorna and I were saying we don't mind being open and honest with people as long as you like you have to come appropriately with your questions as well. Yeah. Um, you can't just say, oh, yeah, I don't know, you're a hijabi, so I won't invite you out after work. So no, invite me and give me the opportunity to say no or yes, um, yes to your invitation. So I think that's another really good point, especially in the workplace where, you know, I don't know, you don't know what everyone's been through or what everyone's background is. So I think inclusivity is really important and then give people a chance to say yes or no or teach you a bit about their culture and their background. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If people wanted to broach you on these things, what would your advice be to, to ask you about it? Um, I think my advice would be come open-minded hmm. and, and be willing to listen. Like, don't just, like, don't over-talk or assume you already know everything. If you come with an open mind and you ask me a genuine question and you sit down and you listen in a calm manner, I can talk for days. I really can. <laughs> and I'll tell you my whole life. Um, so that, I think that would be my, those are my two main points. What about yourselves, ladies? Uh, I think I probably agree massively with what you've just said there or not and I think um my advice for people is don't be scared to ask you know it's it's we, we all assume 
you know it's that unconscious bias in us and we do assume yeah um i think it's that fear isn't it because it's like you don't want to say something to upset or offend somebody so you don't ask that question and then you know later on you'll be like oh i wish i had asked now i think like you say be open-minded and just ask that question straight up don't you know if you offend then you know it's up to that other person to say well i feel offended by that but this is what you should have done or you know and then you're going to go away and yeah. think about what you said or you know what you could have said differently um so yeah. it's it's asking that question but thinking about how you ask that question and not being afraid to ask it I think I've always feared that I put my foot in it if I ask a, a question. And I think yeah. it's just about not doing that, isn't it? Yeah. Not being afraid to ask a question. Yeah. And I think it's the think... British thing. Yeah, I think in, in Britain, we're quite, we're very polite as a nation and we try yeah. to, you know, tiptoe around topics and yeah. we're not very direct and blunt. So because of that, we're very like, oh, I can't ask this question. I don't want to offend. Whereas mm. if you asked, we can just have a good conversation. And exactly. I mean, we can, and we, it can be an exchange of information that I can learn and you can learn. Like That's I learn so about Janine's background. So now when I meet someone, instead of just assuming they're one race or another, <laughs> I'll ask them that, oh, sorry, what's your background? Or what would you like to me to refer to you as? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really good point. What about yourself, Zaina? What tips and hints would you give? I would say definitely ask the question. I personally don't get offended if somebody asks me a question, even if they have these, uh, you know, like a preconceived idea of what something is. I don't mind mm. because then it gives me the opportunity to educate them. It's yeah, funny it's you great. say that, and and this is something totally different. I know you touched on the interracial relationship, so I'm actually in an interracial relationship. And only yesterday, my partner was at work, and somebody made a joke about something. He didn't tell me what the joke was, but he was really offended. And then he said, "I just want to mention my partner is." of black origin and they were like quite shocked yeah. and I think it's just those assumptions that people look at you and make those assumptions and don't think about the bigger picture yeah yeah mm. yeah and I think that links back to what Janine's been saying she's experienced that where people yeah. say things thinking oh you know you're one of us you'll get it yeah. yeah um and and it's like no I don't I don't get racism I can't get on board with that yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. um, well yeah. done for him calling it out as well. Yeah, yeah. well done. Yeah. That's a keeper. Yeah. yeah. We like him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. And I've had it because, um, as I said, I'm a Muslim, but I don't wear the hijab. I have my braids mm. in. So people, a lot of people, when I first moved to England, they assumed I was Jamaican because I yeah. think that's the only black people they've ever met before. Only, and yeah. I thought, you know, we've got the, you've got a whole continent called Africa. You've got the, and it, it, even in the Caribbean, like you've got so many different countries. It's not just Jamaica, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and because I went to a predominantly Pakistani school, the moment that I told them, oh, I'm a Muslim or I recite the Quran, then they're like, oh, she's one of us. It's okay. Like, don't tease her because she's one of us. And it's, I should be, you know. And it's, and it's, it's funny because I think as kids, they just, they want to look for someone that, they can relate to you so they think yeah. oh you know she's a muslim so she can be our friend but if yeah. i was a black christian i couldn't be your friend yeah uh, i don't know i don't know I, don't, I think it is stemmed from childhood and you know what we learn and what our environment are like so as we hear less about blm in the mainstream media because i don't know about yourselves but i don't hear about it much in the news anymore and mm. you know it's up to me to go dig out and learn and find out things how do we keep the conversations going? How do we ensure that the necessary changes take place, not just 
in our homes and not just at work, but, you know, nationwide as well. I'll start with Janine. Well, I don't know about you, but I noticed a big shift when um, when there was, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement was, was sort of everywhere across the country, especially, you know, stemming from... Um, the killing of George Floyd, but I noticed even people that I wouldn't have thought would be would would be talking about it, you know, posting and showing, you know, that they hadn't understood prior, uh, but now have just have just sort of let things slide and just thought they weren't racist, but actually they've now decided, well, I'm not doing enough. So I feel like oh. people are taking much more action and i'm not saying go and stop fights or what have you but um you know just being able to have them conversations with people have discussions and understand that you know what's going on in your life is not what's happening in somebody else's and that people do need support um i mean i don't know um if anybody finds this, but I do find it frustrating uh, when people keep saying all, all lives matter yeah. <laughs> um, because oh, yeah. Yeah. we know all lives matter and everybody knows all lives exactly. matter. And mm-hmm. I just think it's people are not, you know, like a sort of not seeing everything that's going on and understanding yeah. uh, the movement and what they're trying to achieve. That's my, that's my take on it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you. Because I said, I mean, like you said, we all agree all lives matter. Like they really do. And I'm I'm really big on the topic of like refugees and things like that. Because and it's like yes, all lives matter. But right now we're talking about black and minority ethnic lives. Can we just focus on that for just for now? You know, we just want to talk about it. And you know, let's let's have the necessary changes take place. And I mean, what changes would you like to take place, um, Zainab? I think for me. After after the whole BLM stuff, I thought it was great because it doesn't just highlight black lives and things to do with just black people. It was racism as a whole. Um, and I think people are failing to understand that. I think going forward, I think history should, like, we should have a lot more history lessons and maybe something mm. in schools and colleges that needs to be changed. I've been reading a lot more about black history. Um, there's loads of things that I didn't know. I thought I knew everything, but I had no idea. Obviously, I feel like I can relate to some of the issues, but I'm not black myself. So I feel like it only touches a slight bit of what they feel and what they go through. Teaching kids in schools is somewhere we can start. I've still been posting on social media. We've been having these conversations at home. And I think it's something that needs to be discussed in a home environment with, with kids as well. I remember growing up when I was in school, the only black history we learned was, I think, about a few weeks on slavery. And it was all about what Americans did and how Mm. Americans did slavery. And, you know, we watched the movie Roots and that was it. There was no, there was nothing about colonisation. There was very little about what England did to partake in slavery. And I mean, we're in Manchester, but we're close to Liverpool, which has like the the largest docks Mm. um, where the slaves were actually transporting through. And I think that's a really good point. If we can teach it in schools and normalise it in school when everyone's still young, we can eradicate, I think we can eradicate racism, you know, like... Because you, you, they say it, don't they? Like, if you teach a kid something, then they mm. grow up knowing better. And yeah, even yeah. if at home they're living with people that are still quite ignorant, hopefully then they can go home and teach their parents yeah, and loved ones. I feel like when I was growing up, racism wasn't really a massive issue. Um, mm. At home, like, I was never told, oh, you're different to somebody else. And I only learned yeah. that through racism when I experienced it myself when I went to high school. Um, yeah. So I wish them conversations might have had, you know, 
I feel like if I was taught about, yeah, yeah, and when Mm. I was a lot younger. So um, in my family, we've got a mix. So we've got Moroccan, um, my cousin's Welsh is white and half Welsh, half Pakistani. So she she has loads of issues as well because she's very light-skinned, skin pigmentation, and people sort of assume she's white and then say things against other races and then she has to deal with all that. So Mm. I kind of understand it from that perspective, but I feel like I think we need to teach our kids when they're a lot younger, at home, um, in schools. So I would have said exactly what Zainab said. We have to make these things mainstream. Like we have Black History Month, so that month is dedicated. It should be all the time, every day, all the time. I think we just need to talk about it. I found that um, my personal circle, um, as friends, will talk about it really really good i think that those are really great tips there and i'm sure we could go on and on and on and talk <laughs> all day yeah. um no so thank you so much i'd like to say special thanks to lorna zainab and janine for joining us today um i hope today's session has encouraged our listeners to do a deep dive on the ongoing issues in our society and you know and also learn us our, teach ourselves and open our mind to not be so judgmental and not be so quick to stereotype people so have a lovely time wherever you are and thank you very much for listening today don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast channel and be one of the first to know when new episodes are available the cooperative bank podcast for people with purpose